Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby, standing for truth, justice, and the American way, bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, TGAF. Thank God it's almost Friday. Oh, my God. That's a new one. And that's a new one. Yes, absolutely. And <laughs> in the studio we have with us is Judge Richard Weinberg. We have uh, Ed Cox, New York State uh, Chairman, and uh, Rita Cosby. And let me tell you, Rita, there was a lot of news again today. There's a lot of news. But, uh, John, I, I have to say I am red hot about the fact that this judge in the Bronx, we all saw this video of these guys beating a police officer. The police officer was trying to stop one of them. One of them was like smoking cigarettes. Hey, could you put out the cigarettes? They started pummeling the police officer. Everybody saw the video. And now a Bronx judge has released the two guys. Uh, and no out bail. on bail. No bail. No bail. The DA did ask for bail. A DA in the Bronx asks for bail? Yes. I'm asked, shocked. Asked for a $10,000 or $30,000 bond. It is Judge Eugene Bowen released them both without you, bail. Judge Weinberg, what do you know about this Judge Eugene I, Bowen? Obviously, that's not what he's doing. Yeah. Is he a time judge? Anybody know? I know nothing about him other than the fact that... It was eligible to have bail set. The DA did the right thing by asking for bail, and he let him out on their own recognizance, and that's that's awful. Because if the cops are not safe, what about the ordinary citizens? And they were kind of beating the If anybody cops, in the Bronx the knows doc, uh, Judge Eugene Bowen, Bowen, tell him he's a dumkuff. Yeah, that's nice. Do you need me to translate that or no? <laughs> by the way, speaking of, can you use the word again, John? Okay, speaking of that, in Chicago, get this, a five-time convicted felon, he was facing a mandatory 15-year prison sentence uh, with weapons charges. He was allowed to walk free because a federal judge ruled it was unconstitutional to bar criminals from owning guns. Judge Weinberg, what is going on? He claimed, this judge claimed that he was required to make that decision because of the United States Supreme Court decision. I'd have to look at the Supreme Court decision, but I think it's a bad decision. In any event, you can have reasonable restrictions on the First Amendment, and you can have reasonable restrictions on the Second Amendment. Public policy and public safety require that you don't have a five-time felon who's guilty previously of violent crimes walking around with guns. How's that? That's <laughs> unbelievable. So what's the word again, John? Because it fits Don't that. Okay, good. It fits that. All I right. remember Sergeant Schultz used to say yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh. I loved him. He was great. I know nothing. Oh, was I it know Captain, nothing. Oh, was it Captain... Uh, Which... Green? Green? No, it wasn't Bob Green. Bob Green. From Oaken's Heroes. Well, guys, uh, now I understand, you know, talking about uh, stupid decisions in the Bronx by the judge and talking about stupid decisions in Chicago, let's go to the the Hamptons. Let's go to Suffolk County. I understand we got uh, uh, the DA. And that is one common sense guy. You bet he is. He is. We've, exactly. We've got D.A. Ray Tierney, who is joining us now here live on Cats and Cosby. And, Mr. D.A., thank you so much for being here. Um, you know, you wrote a really powerful um, op-ed about the Clean Slate Bill, which has now been signed. Uh, this is amazing as we're talking about just craziness in the world. Uh, why do you feel it's obviously not a good idea? 
Well, because, you know, once again, we're putting the rights of uh, criminals ahead of the rights of victims. And, you know, with a stroke of the pen, you're, uh, you're uh, sealing uh, millions of convictions for uh, manslaughter, kidnapping, providing su- support for an act of terror vi- terrorism, uh, uh, aggravated vehicular homicide, robbery, hate you know, crimes. the list goes on and on. And hate so, crimes, you, know, right? you need to look at, it needs to be uh, particularized, it needs to be individualized, uh, and not that, that, that this ceiling should, uh, shouldn't occur, but it has to be done in a sort of uh, intelligent way that does not uh, c- compromise public safety. But you can't just do it, it's just like bail reform, you can't do it with the stroke of a pen and think that there are not going to be out- outrageous results. In your column, Ray, you particularly elucidated on the issue of hate crimes. So if it's not a Class A felony and it's not a a sexual offense, but you smash somebody in the face because they're black, they're Puerto Rican, they're they're Jewish, they're Irish, they get a... They get a pass. I'm worried about Judge, you know, what? you're on this hate crime uh, crap. But how about, which is, you know, but how about if the person is a murderer and, 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 they reduce and, and he reduced it down to Mans- to whatever. That's the DA. And, and, and then you mean I have to hire people in my supermarket? That are murderers, and you can't keep, and you can't check a record, John. Yeah, you won't them. know. You can't, you sh- won't you can't know. check a record. DA Skinner, what say you? That's they're absolutely right, and 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 so you know the you know you just talked about that at, in the supermarket. You talked about uh, you know a person who has a hate crime conviction and then works in the mosque, in the temple, in the church uh, of the group that they uh, committed the crime against. If a person has uh, you know a drunk driving arrest and vehicular homicide and gets a, jo- a job as a limo driver. Uh, these are obvious examples where uh, public safety will be compromised, and it's it's a bad idea. So, DA um, Ray Tierney, explain to me. Why at this time where I I can't imagine just how difficult your job is, how difficult it is for obviously all New Yorkers with all the crime that we're talking about? Why of all times was it signed now? I mean, it's like I, I don't agree with it in principle. Obviously, it makes your job harder. But why, especially right now where we're so worried about crime and everything else? Well, it's, it's very interesting that you should say that, Reader, because I had a, uh, a press conference today in which we caught or we thwarted uh, cri- uh, 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 convicts uh, in jail uh, from smuggling uh, fentanyl-laced paper into the jail so they could wow. get high and sell it for up to $6,000 a sheet in the jail, and uh, thus endangering not only the litigants and the court, the court officers and the COs, but everyone in the jail. Um, and so, you know, we have this fentanyl overdose. We know how dangerous it is. 399 fentanyl overdose deaths in Suffolk County last year. We had the one-year-old child that overdosed in the Bronx. Now they're, they're, they're uh, liquefying it and putting it on paper. Uh, and yet I still, you know, and the two individuals who are out of the jail who were involved in the conspiracy to secrete that into the jail, uh, that offense is not bail eligible. So when they get arraigned later on this month, I can't ask for bail. Uh, you wow. know, they, could, they did it in the jail. They could do it in schools. And again, uh, because of this one size fits all law, I can't ask for bail for, for people who merely uh, possess fentanyl. And that's ridiculous. That is incredible, especially right now. Um, you know, is there any, there's nothing that can be done, right? I mean, what can citizens do? It's done. It's signed, right? It's, it's done. It's signed. I, I think what citizens could do is, 
uh, they could ask the governor and they could ask the legislature. Uh, you know, you uh, really work together uh, and tirelessly to pass this uh, clean slate law. Uh, and you claim it's in furtherance of public safety. You claim you care about public safety. So taking you at your word. So let's pass a death by dealer statute. Let's make fentanyl per se bail eligible. Let's make Trank an actual crime to possess Trank in New York State, because right now, Trank or Xylazine is not illegal to possess in New York State. All of these examples are ridiculous. And if they if if they really care about public safety, like they say they do, they would enact these laws. Wow. Well, well you know, I, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, Governor Hochul comes from a law enforcement background. Her, her husband is U.S. attorney. I mean, how could she do that? Yeah, the timing is not good. I mean, that's not why good don't at you all. Have the, why don't you have the courage to veto it? At least take a stand against a little crazy yeah, left no, They got two-thirds majority in both houses, and they can overturn But she at least should take a stand for she common should. sense. She should. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well DA Ray Tierney, thank you for thank joining you so us. Much, and keep up the good fight, and let us know whenever we can help, please. Uh, Rita, uh, J- uh, Judge, and John, thank you so much. I uh, enjoyed it very much. Thank you so thank much. You, thank and you, Ray. Let's go now to Ed Cox. Ed, what the heck is going on in Albany with the... Uh, uh, big redistricting hearing, uh, the highest court, the Court of Appeals in the state of New York. Is, is it 50-50? What is it? No, well, <laughs> the, the, the problem is that as the editorial page editor, Newsday, Times Union, they said this would be ruin of the Wilson Court. New chief judge. New chief judge comes on, really, uh, the case in front of him is a redistricting case. They want to redraw the lines. Have the legislature for the Democrats redraw them so they can elect more Democrats as opposed to Republicans in congressional seats. And uh, they, they, they say the, they did not complain about the lines. They're looking to do it merely on procedural grounds. And explain, Ed, why this is so important because this is really Congress in the balance. I mean, explain why everybody it's, should care. It's because the Republicans won 11 seats in the, in the last, uh, uh, in earlier this year and in 2022, they won 11 seats and they want to gerrymander the Republicans into only four seats. The difference is seven seats. And that's the majority in the House of Representatives. This is all being pushed by Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader of the Democrats. He wants to be the, the Speaker of the House of so Representatives. So this is everything on the line. This is, this is investigations. On the, on the this line is everything New that New York has been – everyone's been pushing on the GOP side. And and that's why the Senate made sure that uh, the chief judge is sympathetic to them, and they made sure that chief judge – they imposed it on the governor, the nomination. John John had a, a take on it. Do you remember what you said on the judge on the uh, judges yesterday? Remind you say, me. I, I think he said the fix was in. That uh, What was the, the – the fix cook is the in. Cook the books. And, oh, I want to cook the books. And the editorial pages the are on top of that. This would be the ruin of our prestigious highest court. What's They're on? calling now, it a very a, ugly situation, now, the way it's going. There's wow. something even worse going on now. The budget in New York, I understand what Tom DiNapoli says, and, and he didn't tell us more, but I understand uh, that the mayor is panicking and they're going to cut the budget. And that the, the city is in trouble because of the money they spent on the migrants, the migrants, and they're going to cut the police budget. Well, who knows better than the Citizens Budget Commission? Is, is he on yet? No, we're going to be talking with him in just a few minutes after the break. Andrew Rain right, is going to be joining break, us. But let's tell everybody uh, what it is. They're 
they're they're panicking. The budget is way off. Well, they went from ninety eight billion to one hundred and seven billion. Right. They 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 made everybody feel good temporarily, but the money's not there, and it means that's freezing. just the city budget. The state budget in three years is going to be thirty six billion. But you know what it deficit. means? It means no more officers. It means huge cuts on police force, um, and it also means a lot more money still for the migrants. Well, let's find out the truth with the Citizens Budget Commission. What they know. Let's take the break first. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. Well, President uh, Mayor Eric Adams uh, unleashing a budget list today and talking about the cuts because, boy, are we in trouble in New York City and New York State. And joining us is... President of the Citizens Budget Commission, Andrew Ryan. Uh, Andrew, give us the real deal. What is being cut? What isn't? Uh, this doesn't look good for safety, first of all, with the what's happening with the police force. The reality is New York City has a massive budget problem for two big reasons. One is obviously the migrant crisis. There's a huge amount of spending, and we aren't getting the fair share from the feds and the state picking up enough of, enough of the bill. The other is four years. For the past decade, the city keeps adding spending that it cannot afford. So it keeps adding spending, hiring, you know, giving reasonable raises to workers, but without a plan to pay for it. So we have a massive budget problem. And what the mayor did today is come in and say, we're doing a first round of savings, $1.7 billion roughly a year, and we'll start to reduce spending and try to get in line. I will say, even with that, next year's budget gap is $7.1 billion. And frankly, if you get rid of some of you uncover some of those things that aren't as obvious in those numbers, that budget gap could look over $10 billion next year. So the mayor's right to start to rein in savings. The question is, is he making the right choices to do it right to minimize the impact on New Yorkers? So is he? You know, we're still unpacking it. There are some, you know, there are some smart choices here. We have literally 23,000 vacant positions, and he's cutting around 3,000 of them. That still means there are 20,000 vacancies. Now, you're going to hear a lot of hue and cry, like, oh, my gosh, he's cutting people. But if there's no person in the job, they're not delivering services. That's a smart thing to reduce. So there's a lot of that. There are some pain points. People are going to feel it. We still are unpacking what's happening with the libraries and what happens when you delay that police class. We have to look at those numbers, but you can also get more police on the street. If you can actually keep the number on the street, focus on the right things, well, we can preserve public safety. That's a smart strategy, but it's not just a budget strategy. It's a management strategy. Yeah, you got to let them do their job. What about also migrants? Because we're spending a lot of money on migrants. I know he's talking about maybe some cuts in those areas, but we've already, the, the number that's come out, it is stunning how much the city and this country have paid. It, it is It is amazing. If you just look at next year alone, 
The projected total bill is over $6 billion. The key is the city has to manage that better, pull down the spending, provide, yes, of course, we're a compassionate city, essential services, but they have to be efficient. And then we really need the federal government to step up and pay its share because it is a federal issue. The state has stepped up some. We think there should be a little more. If that happened, the cuts that New Yorkers might be seeing in terms of services would be much lower. So we need our federal and state partners to pull their end, and we need the city to manage it as best as possible. So, uh, Andrew, Ed Cox here. Way back when, in the mid-'70s, the state actually helped out big time. Why can't the state help more now? Well, we think that the um, state should do more on the migrant crisis, but we also have to realize the state has a huge budget problem, too. Um, it has uh, It's spending that is added in all sorts of areas has outstripped its revenues, and it's hobbled along because of a couple of good years on Wall Street, a lot of federal, federal money. But the state's budget gap next year is around $4.5 billion, which isn't that huge. But in the long run, the state has a structural problem, almost $15 billion. So while the state should do more in this area, it has to also tighten its belt in the big areas of education spending and health care spending so it can get its budget in line as well. In the 70s, the city was helped out because the state was strong. Now they're both challenged, and they both have to tighten their belts and manage well. So the, the migrant problem is a federally created problem, right? The open border. So why can't the federal government help? Is this the president to the, the city drop dead? We, you know, we have seen both parties for decades struggle with immigration policy. We at the CBC are not experts in this area, but we've seen both parties and decades of challenges. There's no question that the federal government is obviously the, um, the in charge of policy, and both parties over many administrations have struggled with this. What, what we need now is the president and Congress to come to the table and support um, New York as it should. Well, Judge, any questions? You pointed out something that's very important, Andrew, which is you're going to have to have cuts or you're going to have to raise taxes because under the state charter, as you know, you have to have a balanced budget. The question is where do you make those cuts? You have to look at it with a very sharp eye, and where you should not be making those cuts is in terms of uh, public safety and law enforcement and anti-terrorism. The people that are not coming to work and staying home, how about cutting them? You know, you know what? what is interesting? One of the smart things the mayor did, and we're still unpacking the plan. That's a lot of pages that we have to look at in a few hours. But what he's done, for example, in the fire department is try to improve productivity, and there are some initiatives. What we need to do is make sure that our workers are on, t- on jobs, on tasks that matter to people, whether it be public safety, police, sanitation, uh, um, fire department, or, or you know, social welfare. We need people on task and efficiency. What that also takes is the unions to come to the table. As we know, all the contracts were signed. The mayor did a good job in doing that, but we didn't get the changes in work rules and job titles that would allow us to be the efficient city we need it to be. Or else, if we don't have an efficient city, we have an unaffordable city. Okay, thank you, uh, Andrew, uh, Byrne, uh, uh, Ryan, uh, and uh, CBC president. And uh, keep your eyes open for the sake of our uh, taxpayers. Yeah, keep us posted. Thank you. Always, always glad to be on. Thank you very much for what you do. Thank you. Let's go now to, I understand, Michael Lawler is on? Absolutely. We uh, have congressman, and he says he... Uh, He's got his ears open, and what the heck happened in San Francisco? What the heck happened with the Chinese? The Chinese and the United States refused to put out the same press release 
So maybe Michael Lawler, Congressman Lawler, can, can fill us in. Can you fill us in, uh, Congressman? Beats the heck out of me, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, Ed Cox president. here. This is this is about politics, isn't it? On both sides, there's a, no. the, the huge. They both, un- t- they both lie. With, uh, they both tell their own story. Exactly. Yeah, their own version, right? And and also, then he comes out. You know what? What we were talking about. Also, what do you think was the big win, or for who won with the two of them meeting, Congressman? Uh, I don't think anybody did. I mean, look, in all serious taxpayers. Uh, you, you you have uh, China, uh, which has teamed up with Iran and Russia uh, in this unholy alliance. Uh, China is the biggest purchaser of Iranian petroleum. Uh, Iran, the biggest state sponsor of terrorism, using the proceeds of the sale of Iranian petroleum to fund Hamas and Hezbollah. Uh, you have the, the crisis in Ukraine with the Russian invasion. And, uh, you know, the president goes over there for some you know purpose and uh, ends the press conference by saying uh, that he still thinks president Xi is a dictator and you know you can see secretary blinken shaking his head in in utter panic um you know i I don't really know what the intention was or what was actually accomplished here uh but we have real challenges uh and and china is our greatest geopolitical foe uh, and you look at things like the fentanyl crisis and the precursors uh, that have been manufactured in China coming to Mexico, the cartels, uh, you know, trafficking fentanyl across our southern border. These are real crises that we're dealing with. And I just the president is not up to the task. You know, um, Congressman Mike Lawler, I, I was watching it live when the president came out and he talked about, oh, yeah, we we did this kind of agreement on fentanyl that China is going to crack down on these companies that are producing uh, the, you know, the chemicals for fentanyl. And in return, uh, we're going to have more open communications. I won't criticize. And then, of course, he calls him a dictator. But what I found, <laughs> I, what I found ironic. You can't make that up. You can't you make, that up. make that up. You can't make it up. But what I found ironic, and I got so angry watching it, is here he is saying, oh, fentanyl is the leading killer, which we know between 18 and 35 years old in America right now, more than 100,000 lives a year. And it goes right back to what we were talking about before, Ed, um, that it goes back to open borders. My first thought was then seal the border. Like he tried to act like he was Mr. Tough Guy on well, fentanyl. And and yet they don't even re- they won't even acknowledge the borders open, Congressman. But, but, but wait a minute. It, it, cracking down on, on the manufacturers. It's China. It's China. This, this is insane. Uh, you're dealing with a, a country that views us as their greatest threat, views us as their greatest competitor. And they're playing uh, chess and we're playing checkers. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's a total joke what is happening. And the president needs to toughen up real quick in dealing with China. Uh, they are our greatest threat. And when you see what they are doing in the Indo-Pacific, when you see what they're doing with currency manipulation, intellectual property theft, when you see what is happening, look at TikTok today. What was what was in the news today about TikTok? Osama bin Laden's, quote, letter to America. That that and young people sudden, are coddling over. All, all of a sudden, this is becoming a, 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 a fad on TikTok today. Why? Isn't and that the kids, scary? The kids people have no idea who people need ben to Laden was. Where, where this is being manipulated from. And, and you know, this Congressman, I'm so glad you brought that up because that that I couldn't believe it on TikTok, and it's had millions of views. 
some young woman who's a social a beauty influencer puts out, look at this letter that bin Laden wrote to America praising uh, praising attacking America, saying that America caused the problems in the Middle East, going after Jews. It was so vile, this letter. And she put it saying, look, isn't this isn't this a wonderful letter? Millions of people around the world, mostly Americans, were liking it, saying this is a great thing. This is frightening. But, but how did it how did it end up in their feeds? That's what people have to realize what is happening here. The, the Chinese uh, use this uh, this vehicle to manipulate uh, our our youth, and and they are totally clueless. And, and this is a real challenge. You're seeing the the rise in anti-Semitism on college campuses. You're seeing this vile, disgusting rhetoric uh, targeting uh, Jews, targeting Israel. Uh, this is all manipulated. And, and people need to wake up and realize what is actually happening. So when the president goes and meets with Xi Jinping and, you know, everybody cracks jokes and, oh, it's wonderful. And, and then he gets asked, well, is he still a dictator? Yeah, of course he's still a dictator. Well, thank you so much for uh, filling us in and uh, keep your eyes open. Have you met uh, the new uh, uh, the speaker, right? speaker yet? Oh, yes. Yep. No, I've, I've met him uh, many times over the course of the year and and certainly since he's been speaker, um, you know, in the last few weeks. Yes. Uh, and, you know, look, we uh, we have to focus on the task at hand in Congress. Uh, the American people elected us as a House Republican majority to serve as a check and balance on this administration. They're tired of the infighting. They're tired of, of yeah. uh, all the. All right. And uh, to, uh, to are, you, are you supporting him now? Oh, yeah. All right. Thank you, Mike Lola. Thank you, Congressman. And, uh, right now, we got a, a little tidbit. Uh, I just talked to Joe Manchin, and it's for uh, my Cats and uh, Roundtable. Cats Roundtable. Cats Roundtable. Round cats and Cosby. Cats and Cosby. No, it isn't. But maybe. Cats you know. Roundtable what do you think? on Sunday. Judge, could we negotiate that? Uh, on Everything's Sunday. negotiable. Okay. Uh, Joe Manchin, uh, and we did a two minute tidbit. I Let's can't go wait to, to that two minute tidbit for Joe Manchin who thinks he might be running for president. With us today is Senator Joe Manchin. During this week, he announced that he may think of running for president. Joe, have you made up your mind? Here's here's what made up my mind so you'll know where I'm at today, okay? I made a a decision not to run for re-election as far as United States Senate. And people would ask, why'd you do that, Joe? And I said, you know what? I've been involved 40, over 40 years representing the most beautiful state of West Virginia. And the people that I have been born with, raised with, lived with, and uh, known as some of the best people in the world, they're hardworking. I've done everything I possibly can. We've been very successful bringing some opportunities to West Virginia. And I finally come to the decision, John, with the country as divided as we are, and the politics in Washington is dividing us even further. It's making you and I and everybody in between almost sick and tired. Enough is enough. Washington is divided, and Washington wants you and I to be divided and the rest of America to be divided because it's a better business model for them. So I came to the conclusion I can't change. I've been here 13 years. I'm not going to change it from within. And I've decided to go around and see if I can mobilize the radical middle, John, because I I think think there's more – I do think that the middle is ready to uh, revolutionize and make a comeback because uh, the extreme left and the extreme right is no place to be. John, you don't run, you and I, you don't run your life that way from that, from the extremes. You don't run your family from that. 
from the extremes. If you're going to be successful and have a, a, a good family and and have things uh, balanced, you're going to run it from the center left, center right. It's going to be the moderate middle. And I can tell you there's an awful lot of good moderate Democrats and moderate Republicans that are just fed up. But they're just keeping quiet because there's so much noise coming from the far left and far right. And I just said enough's enough. So I'm going to see and go around and talk to them. I don't know what that will lead to. And people ask, what are you going to do? And I said, listen, I'm an American first. I'm a West Virginian second. And I'm the most independent, independent, centrist, moderate Democrat you've ever seen. And guess what? A lot of my friends, some of my best friends, are the most centrist, moderate, independent Republicans you've ever seen. And we just had enough. We're going to say if we can see something, make something happen, work together, put the country first, forget about the parties. Wow, what a great conversation, He John. sounds like a presidential candidate to he me. He does. He got, John got a lot of interesting tidbits out of him. And, of course, the whole interview is going to be on the Couch Roundtable on Sunday, everybody. Joe Manchin. And coming up, everyone, we are going to talk about the open border crisis. The former border chief now running for Congress because he says he can't take it anymore. That's after the break. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Breaking news, WABC. And Justin, guys, uh, the special counsel, which has been investigating Joe Biden's handling of the classified material. Remember, some of it found near the Corvette. Uh, is not expected to bring charges, according to CNN, a report that just came out. God, I'm, I'm amazed. I know, aren't you? <laughs> aren't Robert Hurd. Aren't you shocked? Robert Hurd, right? Isn't that his name? I didn't even well, think wait, about his let name. Me, let me ask you a question. It. You remember the phrase that John used a few minutes ago, talking in a different context? Yeah, but... The, uh, fix, what was, the fix is in? Yes. What, what, John, what was the phrase? It was... Uh, the fix is what, in. The, it was... Uh, what was the word? Dunkus. Dun, what was no, the word? No, no, Doom no. Doom Really, it's not Dumkoff, is the fix was in. The fix is in. Either way, I would call him a Dumkoff, either way, right? Because that's astounding. Well, I mean, I, I am shocked. Yep. Let's bring us uh, now back to uh, reality, I guess, after all of this and talking about the open borders is the former chief of the Border Patrol. He was also acting ICE director as well. And now he has officially thrown his name in the hat to run for Senate, U.S. Senate, uh, the seat now held by Senator Tim Kaine, who's a Democrat there seeking a third term next year. Joining us now is Ron Vitello. Uh, Ron, really great to have you here. And you and I have talked uh, a lot over the years. I know, obviously, what's happening with the borders is a huge issue for you. Just talk about why you felt it was so important. You haven't run for politics. And you said, I got to get in the I got to get in the race because you're so disgusted. What's happening to this country? Yeah, Rita, thanks for inviting me. I just can't stand by and watch it anymore. You know, I, I worked with the House and the Senate when I was an executive. 
uh, the top career job in Border Patrol. I was the acting director at ICE seeking the nomination. So lots of uh, touches, lots of decision support, uh, working with the Hill to try to fix the border. And, you know, the pendency of this presidency has, seen, has given us the worst surge along the southwest border than we've ever seen. Uh, that and other things, right? I'm, I'm very, also very concerned about our energy policy in the United States uh, and what we're doing in federal debt. When Tim Kaine became a senator, we had $16 trillion in federal debt. That's an enormous burden for all of our kids, grandkids, and their children. Um, but now it's double. And I think we can agree that, at least in the Commonwealth, and I, I know this is true around the country, uh, the, the federal government is not 100% better, but the federal debt is. Um, and so, again, I can't stand by and watch this anymore. And so my hat's in the ring. If people want to help, Chief Vitello for Senate, Chief Vitello, F-O-R, Senate.org. I would really appreciate the help. And, and again, Ron, thanks for having me on. How vulnerable do you think we are? Um, you know, I am so worried about an attack on our homeland with our open borders. We even heard from FBI Director Ray, who sometimes is understated, and this week he said he's like never seen the threat level like it is because of what's going on in the Middle East. But just that there's so many of these terrorist groups and potential for a lone wolf attack. How worried should we be with so many gotaways that are we just I just saw a number, by the way, literally like an hour ago. It was 47,000 gotaways. And these are the people that we have zero idea about. So that's over a thousand a day crossing our southern border. This is since October First, you guys, that's a stunning number. Forty-seven thousand in one month. Yeah, in one month. So we're more, more than that. You know, when you think about it. So we're talking a thousand, over a thousand a day. That is a stunning amount in about a month and a half. Yeah, it's incredible. It's frustrating for someone who worked their entire adult life on the on border issues. It is so frustrating to see what this administration has brought to the men and women of the front line. They are overwhelmed by the number of of people that are coming in, and we know. You know, the gotaway numbers, the known gotaway numbers, you know, 600,000 last year in, in, in 365 days. Uh, we have about almost 9,000 people coming to the border who are being encountered by CBP. Your number of 47,000 are known gotaways. That does not account for what's happening in those wide open spaces where no agents are able to p- patrol, uh, where they're not seen. So those are unknown gotaways if you use the vernacular that CBP cares to use. Um, and so we are a great threat and, and, and we can see it. We see it on our college campuses. We see it in our big cities. We have these people out advocating on behalf of Hamas with their masks and their Palestinian flags. And, and I don't think for one minute, don't, I, people shouldn't think for one minute that that militism that we see in those demonstrations, the masked people advocating for terrorism, don't, don't believe that our actual actors in the United States, uh, that share those same beliefs. Um, and and uh, and we should all have our heads on a swivel because uh, with a with a lawless open border, uh, every community in the Commonwealth of Virginia, every neighborhood and street in the United States is at great risk because of the feckless policy uh, that this administration has as as it relates to border enforcement and immigration security. And um, again, that's why I'm going to put my oar in the water uh, and try to right this ship. Ron, it's uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. I want to get your thoughts. I just read today that the state of Texas legislature, going to uh, Governor Abbott's desk, has a bill which would make it authorized for state law enforcement to arrest illegal entrants and to deport them. 
And I know the Justice Department has always resisted that. They say it's a federal issue. But when you have an administration that refuses to enforce and protect our borders, what other choice do we have? Yeah, you got it. Hats off to the governor. I mean, God bless Texas, right? They are doing more than any other, any other entity besides the Border Patrol itself. Um, the Texas taxpayers are, are spending billions of dollars to deploy DPS, the Texas Guard, uh, razor wire, all the things that they're doing. Um, and, and the governor and the legislature have gone to the well to try to get additional authorities. Uh, but, Judge, what you know about the way this works is the ACLU types, you know, the special interest groups, the open borders lobby in the United States, uh, they are already attacking the gov- governor via their rhetoric uh, and in court as well. And so in, in, probably in this case, they're going to have the Justice Department as a friend of the court in, in a case like this. But uh, hats off to the folks in Texas that are putting up with this. Hats off to the governor and, the, and his team yep. who are doing as much as they can. Uh, in an almost impossible situation, I'm grateful that they're standing side by side with the men and women uh, on my former team in the Border Patrol. Well, I wish you so much luck. Ron Vitello, the former chief of the Border Patrol. Thank you so thank much. You, Keep Ron. us posted, Ron. Thank you very, very much. Thank you. And well, now, thanks for having me on. We got Jimmy Patronis coming in. Now, Ken Griffin, uh, who's a zillionaire. You know, anything above uh, twenty billion is a zillionaire. Oh wow, that's called a uh, uh, smart is, man. Is on today, <laughs> and Ken Griffith is saying that Miami is going to be the capital, the finance capital of the world for maybe North and South America. And with us today is Jimmy Patronis. Uh, he's the controller or the uh, chief financial chief officer. financial officer of Florida. What say you, uh, Jimmy? You know, I think Ken Griffin is exactly right. So there's so many reasons why Florida makes sense when it comes to business and finance. We've had nearly 160 Wall Street firms have moved their headquarters out of New York State since 2019, about a trillion dollars under assets. How many number? Can you say that again? How many? Yeah. 160. I'm having a heart attack. 160. Give me the chills. Yeah, no wonder Mayor Adams is short twelve billion on the budget. Oh my goodness, Jimmy! It's a a trillion dollars under asset management now in Florida, and these were these were home to to New York. I mean, I mean, Paul Singer alone he moved fifty nine billion dollars of his headquarters down to West Palm Beach. So I mean, but we don't have a state income tax, you know. And I just want to be look. I want to be the real estate agent. For all those that are listening, just please call me. <laughs> Ed Cox, oh. Ed Cox is here, and he's in shock. Ed, what say you? I, I want to be Jimmy's agent. A second. I want to be Jimmy's agent. I want to get a cut of what Jimmy New York gets. City and for New York State. This is still the financial capital of the world. Well, we just had the Citizens Budget Commission on because there's panic going on in New York City right now uh, with the budget. Uh, they're nowhere near. You know, New York City. For for uh, eight and a half million people, spends more than the whole state of Florida of twenty million. People. That's right, that's right, that's right. Your budget's bigger. I mean, and in the state of New York's bit budget is twice the size of the state of Florida. Yet we've got uh, two million people more. So wow. I mean, uh, look, I just uh, look. I, 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 I look. I, I'll be the first to say I'm coming up this week. Uh, to New York, I'm looking forward to bringing my family. There's a lot of things New York does right, but you know, Florida sees the opportunities, and we're doing it right financially. And we love to recruit these New Yorkers to bring their wealth to our state. It is what it is. You know, we're going fishing in your backyard. 
Yeah, wow. you are. And it's sadly, uh, you know, New York is like such a mess. I mean, the Citizens Budget Commission, after they hear you, they're really going to have a heart attack. My goodness. Sure. I just, you know, I, you, what we really need is you need a John Katzamita to go ahead and just declare to run for governor and fix your state. That's, That's what, what we're really going to do. do. We're working we're on that. As a Republican. We're working we're on that. Cut agree. taxes, I, deregulate, and away goes New York. We well, would be so lucky if we could get when that. When you're in New York, you're welcome to come to the studio, and I look forward to seeing you. It's going to be a wonderful week in New York with Thanksgiving. But but, but wait a minute, John. Uh, the only way, Jimmy, the only way you can come is if you bring some of the, the stuff from your great restaurant, right? We have standards, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm Jimmy, when you're here with your family, spend a lot of money, please. Yeah, please. Please spend a lot of money. <laughs> Try to make up for the others, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to come to New York without spending a little bit of money. But look, there we go. Got to help great, the New York economy. Got, yeah, but you got great. Look, you got great people. You got great restaurants. You got great properties. You know what? You just need to change some of the leadership in the mayor's office and the governor's office, and you'll bounce back to to where people you know want to make that a home of of economic, but right now we're going to take advantage of it while, while the, the decision making is, is impaired in your state. It we're going to take is. your good advice and change the government here. That'll yeah. make the difference. Yeah. We appreciate your candor. Well, thank you so much, Jimmy. <laughs> we look forward to seeing you when you come up. All right, boss. See you next take week. Care. Thanks. And, Bye, and, uh, before we take a break and we're, we're going to come back with Dick Morris. Yeah, he's, Dick one, Morris. he's one interesting character, sure is. but make sure you give him the, uh, the chance to talk himself. Without, he doesn't want to participate in the conversation. He wants to be interviewed. Yeah, yeah because you he always has a lot to, to say. Do we know how to do that? We do. I think we've done it By a few way, times. By the way, breaking news. Ready? Are you ready for this? Breaking one? news. WABC. Chinese dictator Xi meets with Elon Musk, dines with Apple boss Tim Cook, and FedEx chief at $40,000 per seat soiree. Wow. Where did the 40000 yeah, go? Who got the 40000 wow. You know what? It went to cleaning up the streets temporarily in San Francisco, right? <laughs> I left my heart. In San Francisco. Let's take a break. We'll be back with Dick Morris. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Our next guest is a great political consultant, great pollster. He has advised so many presidents, including President Trump. And his new big bestseller is called Corrupt, Biden Family Dark Money. Joining us now is our friend Dick Morris. And Dick, great to have you here. By the way, did you hear the new news that it just came out that no charges are probably coming on, uh, this is from the special counsel who's investigating Biden unclassified documents. You can't make it up, Dick. Right. No charges. Uh, of course, the classified documents Trump has, there are lots of charges on that. And, uh, Trump kept his documents in Mar-a-Lago where in a secure room. And uh, Biden kept his at the Penn Biden Center, paid for and funded by the Chinese government. So, you know, clearly nothing was leaking. <laughs> yeah, where do you think things are going, Dick? You always have a good pulse on stuff. With now the latest, you saw that Hunter Biden uh, wants to subpoena Trump, wants to subpoena uh, Bill Barr, uh, wants to subpoena some others. Um, where do you see all of that going with the investigation? Because your book talks a lot about it. Well, I don't think that they're going to let him subpoena Trump, uh, and um, and it, it's all just noise from Hunter. The uh, the important thing is that the investigations are moving forward. 
the, the amount of material incriminating Joe Biden is beyond belief. To understand it, you have to read my book, Corrupt the Hidden Story of Biden's, this inside story of Biden's hidden money. He just literally sent his sons around the world, each to a different country, each to a different corrupt deal. Uh, and uh, the only common denominator is he was cut in on all of them. And that's all going to come out now that Comer is subpoenaing his bank records. And that's going to lead to his impeachment in the House, which doesn't matter much because the Senate will acquit. But what does matter is there'll be an impeachment trial in the Senate. And all of the evidence is going to come out, and the media will have to cover it because it's an impeachment trial of the president. The U.S. attorney in, where was it, uh, the special prosecutor? Special yes, special, yeah, we just talked about the special okay, prosecutor came out. Yes. Um, you, you know what I was going to ask you, though, Dick, was the issue with Mayorkas, because Mayorkas, it goes before the House this week, and they couldn't get a cons- They had a number of Republicans. It was eight, eight of them eight yeah, yeah. who sided with the Democrats. So they couldn't even get the impeachment on Mayorkas. Yeah. Do you think they can get it on the president if it gets to that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. A lot easier than Mayorkas. The evidence is much more blatant and, and it's much higher profile. Of course, they will. And uh, Mayorkas, you know, God knows what favors he did with the immigration naturalization service for people. And um, he's collecting IOUs, but I don't think there'll be any problem getting impeachment vote on Biden. How far away do you think it is? If you could look at the tea leaves, Dick Morris, where do you think this is going? Because obviously uh, the subpoena came recently. It looks like obviously Hunter Biden and, and the family and James say, Biden are fighting it. I would say March or April. Wow. Uh, is, is, is when, when it will happen. They don't really have grounds for fighting it. And um, I think that, but, you know, I have a list in my book of the 20 things Biden did that benefited China and hurt America. Uh, begin with the idea that he never investigated the origins of COVID and never sanctioned uh, China for its role. Then go to the fact that China controls most of the world's rare earth minerals. And when American companies wanted to open mines in the U.S., Biden killed them on the grounds that they were endangering the lake. Uh, Biden let 340,000 Chinese exchange students into the U.S. And when Trump set up an office to investigate them and be sure there was no spying, even though we know there's a lot, Biden closed the office in his first year. And the Republicans put a bill in the House saying that everybody who worked on U.S. classified information would have to give their name and country of origin, and Biden killed it on the grounds of actual profiling. Uh, everything this guy does benefits China. And you just saw a great example of it in releasing that $10 billion to Iran. Iran is China's main ally uh, in, in the Middle East. And uh, China gets 2 million barrels a day of the six that it uses from Iran. And uh, in releasing that $10 billion to Iran, he's basically helping China. Because you have, you have that 10, you have the 6 that, was, that he gave for the hostages, and you have the $80 billion that Iran gets from the oil trade that it's now allowed to do. And all of that goes to the terrorists, and it's directed really by China. You know, Dick, you're hitting it on the head because it is so disgusting to see 
this president at this moment saying, OK, we're going to free up another 10 billion. You talked about the two yeah. billion a week. Um, when do you think more people are going to like go, wait a minute, this just doesn't make any sense. I mean, we all know that Hamas is a terrorist group uh, and it, and it's a despicable group, what they've done. Why would we ever give them access? It's such a simple thing to sanction the oil, to keep those sanctions in yeah. place. And he's not doing it. It sure is. And it's something the U.S. can do unilaterally. And Donald Trump did. And he just repealed it. When Trump took office, when Trump left office, Iran's total foreign reserve, reserves of currency were six, were eight trillion dollars, eight billion dollars, or eight billion, which was less than 80 at. And uh, now they're over 80. And that's entirely because Biden is letting them sell 3.1 million barrels of oil every single day. Well, Dick Morris, thank you for coming on and uh, look thank forward you. to talking to you again soon. And Yeah, and check out the book, a new one. It's called Corrupt Biden Family Dark Money, his latest bestseller. So that's very timely, Dick. God bless. Thank you, Rita. Thank you, Jack. And guys, what a mess we have on our hands. Yeah, boy, it is. We wow. So all we can say is uh, truth. Justice, Justice and the American, American way. way. Let's pray for America because we got a mess. Thank you so much for listening, folks. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.